and it's good to be home. And reconnecting with San Francisco Zen Center is where I started practicing reminded me of like when I first came to practice. Um, I came, I went to San Francisco Zen Center for the first time 32 years ago, or almost, I think it was in August. And I was kind of um, stumbling along and um, I didn't really know what I was looking for, but I was uh, really look, really felt like I needed something. And so I went to I went to San Francisco Zen Center and they had Zazen instruction and then a period of meditation. And then there was a Dharma talk. And um, the talk that morning was um, Zenke Blanche Hartman. And um, I can remember something she said, or it, it really stayed with me. Or me, or you know, it was the moment. And um, she quoted uh, Suzuki Roshi, Shinryu Suzuki, who's the came from Japan to start San Francisco Zen Center and our lineage. In, you know, connect descends from Suzuki Roshi. And she quoted him saying, uh, you are perfect just as you are, and you could use a little improvement. And, uh, so, you know, something clicked there for me. And I kind of actually think I, at that moment, had this thought of like, oh, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I'm going to give myself to this practice. Um, and, um, you know, there was something full in this expression for me. And something kind of warm-hearted and maybe something a little playful. And, you know, something resonating. Um, yeah, so you are perfect just as you are, and you could use a little improvement. So that's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that. And I hear this speaking uh, to our true nature and how, how our practice or how, how true nature lives or how we live the deepest truth of ourselves. And I really like that it's kind of like a two-sided saying and that they kind of like contradict each other. And if I kind of, um, maybe if I lean too far on either side, like there's the, there's the other side there to kind of remind me and it helped me see, you know, oh, you're leaning or you're grasping. And I feel like it's sort of a, I feel like it's kind of a, a delusion to see them as um, just opposites or just opposing, but also I kind of feel like I don't want to kind of just reconcile them. Or I think they have more life as a, as a kind of contradiction or a, or a tension. 
And I, I feel like it speaks to also like how uh, to love. How to, how, to, how to actually love myself or this life and how to love others and how to love this world. I um, I usually don't like the word perfect. Um, it just somehow evokes something kind of abstract and, and static, idealistic, um, unresponsive, and it's missing like something. Like what about what about the kind of vital messiness? And, and warmth and improvisation and play and vulnerability. So, but my, and my sense though is maybe Suzuki Roshi isn't talking about that kind of dry, distant perfection, um, but a, you know, and a perfection that's you know, not um, opposed to anything I might think of as imperfection. So a perfection that's like uh, totally including this person. And, you know, including my confusion and my grief and my sorrow and my pain, my excitement, my failures, my mistakes. And so it's a perfection that's it's it's embracing all of that. And this you could use a little improvement um, not pointing to like things I need to fix so my true nature could shine. But also but this you could use a little improvement. I could use a little improvement as actually my true nature. And that this, you know, this, um, we talk about true nature, Buddha nature, awakened nature. This is like really emphasized in Zen. And it's, but it's, it's not a thing. It's not static. It's, it's living and constantly um, becoming. Constantly uh, inquiring or wondering and thinking, well, how does this live here? How does this live in, in this moment, in this relation? And yeah, and I feel somehow I feel like letting these, letting some contradiction live actually is part of like not making my life small or like knowable or under control. And so allowing for complexity and allowing then for a, a deeper sense or a fuller sense of, of meaning and value.
part of, part of what I think Suzuki Roshi is getting at with this is um, this really kind of core teaching of Dogen, a founder of Soto Zen in Japan in the 13th century, and that's uh, practice realization. And um, a lot of teaching in Buddhism uh, sounds like it, it, it has this kind of a story that you do this practice um, and it takes you along to get to awakening. So practice to get awakening. And then Zen started really emphasizing that like our nature is awakening. And so Dogen struggled with this. Um, if our nature is awakening, how then there, how does that how does that mesh with this idea of practicing to get awakening? And so he he kind of turned it around and he said it's it's not practice to get to awakening. It's um it's the practice of awakening. Like we our practice is not we're not doing it to get there. It's just it is the life of awakening. And it, it has a different feeling. So rather than like moving towards something else it's actually really here really in this fully in this moment it's this moment's not for the sake of another moment this is the only time we'll have this moment and this is what you know i think this i think this is a really a vital thing for dogen To, you know, and if, and to me, it really speaks to how I've been shaped by this, you know, culture to like really be, never be here <laughs> fully. So we, so we have this kind of a faith or a trust. Um, a trust, an embodied trust of fully being in this moment. And from that, we practice. We like, sit upright and still. Uh, we chant, we bow, vow, practice generosity, practice the precepts. And we do all those practices, and we're not... And, and not with the spirit of turning imperfection into perfection. So you are perfect um, just as you are. Uh, so, or my life right now is um, perfect for practice. Or this is a this is a perfect moment to give myself to to this life completely. And there's nothing that could change um, that could make this moment more perfect to engage. But there's not there isn't a better moment to be wholehearted and present. 
And then also, and then, but I might have thoughts, I might have beliefs, like habits, feelings, um, conscious or, or kind of, you know, below consciousness, just like driving me. Uh, something needs to change before I could fully be here. And so, so really, so starting to bring those into the light and question them. And my ideas about how I would change or how I would get better or improve I, I feel like they're all, they're all, they're, they're much smaller than what can unfold from the fullness of this moment. And so like our, our deepest transformation is actually rooted in fully being here with this, with this exact person all right this 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 is our medium and that kind of the kind of thinking that oh, I need to change myself can it, it can often keep me stuck Uh, because there's a there's a grasping underneath there that's that it's not it's not we're not looking at I'm not I'm not actually like what is that impulse to change myself what is it coming from and is it coming from something true I could have like a map of like my self-improvement. And then, and then there's this kind of, but there's this potential for something, you know, much more non-linear, something much more vast can unfold moment after moment. And when I come fully into this moment, I'm also I'm um, inhabiting my actual agency. This is where we are together. This is where things are happening. And I th I feel like our our uh, our freedom is not, it doesn't live in a preset course of development. It's, it's, it's inclusive and responsive and mutual and it's, and it's out of control. And the, another thing, this perfection um, 
is is not something I could um, see or get or kind of apprehend. It's not, it can't be measured. It doesn't have a form. But it's, you know, it's, it could be like how all of this totally belongs here. And that's something that you can't get, but it can be embodied. But because we can't get it, it's you know it's it's um, easy to forget or overlook. And but when we can embody it, it's nourishing. It's uh, liberating. And we could also say it's a kind of it's a kind of worthiness. A worthiness to you know to fully be this person in this place. And uh, you know, in the story of the Buddha's awakening, he he sits under the the Bodhi tree with this resolve to realize awakening. He's actually, I'm not gonna get up until I'm awake. And uh, these challenges come. And um, sometimes they're personified as Mara. And Mara's um, like a deity um, who wants to keep beings in his kind of domain of uh, the world of uh, clinging. And the Buddha is sitting through these challenges and not moving. And Mara's some, some, you know, Mara tried temptation, Mara tried kind of like violence and fear. And then Mara, Mara's final challenge was to question the Buddha's worthiness to sit on his seat, to sit on the site of awakening. He actually said, you know, that's, you're, not, you're not worthy to sit there. That's my seat. And in the stories, the Buddha just reaches down and touches the earth. And, is like, and kind of the earth bearing witness to like, I can sit here. And you actually see, you'll see statues. And somehow he didn't have, you know, didn't have to lean, but you'll see with a nice long arm touching all the way to the earth. <laughs> so I feel this like you are perfect just as you are, isn't it? you know, this thing touching the earth. Sometimes I there's a there was a, a photo of of Suzuki Roshi sitting zazen in the staff office in the monastery at Tassahara. And sometimes when I'm sitting, I would just think of that photo and it just really looked like, just, it just looked like he was totally 
just totally there. And part of receiving this teaching can be like a, an encounter or a kind of or a journey, you know, with my own sense of unworthiness or um, you know, and my my not feeling okay somehow, or my some need to prove myself, to establish myself, or you know be involved with comparison. And so we're part of this part of this is feeling through that. You know, to breathe, we breathe through this. We breathe through our stuff that actually, like, there's um, the thoughts and beliefs that tend to run our life uh, live in the body. That until we have that um, somatic intimacy with how they're living in us, they run our lives. But we, in sitting, we can just trust that awareness, bringing awareness, liberates liberates the formation. And this thing that seemed like it was reality, it seemed really true. It, it was just, it's just something. It's something that just got stuck in us. You know, it was an idea or some, something that was some, some, some way we were treated, something ancestral passed down. And it doesn't, it's not reality. We, we, we can be free. And you could use a little improvement. And I, I sometimes I wonder, I wonder what Suzuki Roshi was thinking <laughs> when he said this. Like, what kind of improvement was he thinking of? And I could think of all sorts of things for myself. Like maybe, maybe I could suffer a little less, or maybe I'd have less pain when I'm sitting, or um, less distracted or more calm, or more kind, more helpful, or is, it, or is improvement that I would be completely awakened, or, or um, become uh, selfless. Yeah, so what, what kind of what kind of improvement you know was he was he thinking of? Yeah. And what kind of improvement am I thinking of? And are those driving my practice? Where is that impulse? Where is the impulse coming from? And if it's coming from like some kind of lack, 
or some kind of like, I'm not perfect just as I am and I need to fix myself. That's that kind of, that's this, that's this, um, that's a cycle of suffering. Um, I, I, um, I've come to really uh, enjoy this, the fact that Suzuki Roshi said a little, a little improvement. And I thought, um, maybe, maybe it's like, like, um, you know, if he'd said like a big improvement, that could be, that would be kind of exciting. Or maybe I'd get, maybe, ooh, this is. This is, I'm really going to get something out of this. But instead, it was just a little, <laughs> just a little improvement happening here. And the other Zen people, maybe they have like a really big improvement. But in Soto Zen, just, just a little. But then it's like a little, like endlessly. And also, you know, like a little, Maybe, maybe it's a little, but it's actually, but it's not actually measurable. It's actually ungraspable. Because it's the life of this, of this true nature. It's a, it's a life of our, um, our total relationality unfolding with each other. And, and, and trusting in a kind of, um, I feel a kind of trust that like our, our real life or practice is, it's just, it's unfolds as like an organic process. Uh, Suzuki Roshi would say it's like, it's like walking in the mist until your robes get wet. And that you don't, there isn't a point when like you, you, you necessarily see like I was dry and now I'm wet. But he also said like, you know, when you, when, when you get wet like that, you get, you get wet like to the bone. And sometimes I, I think, you know, of this, of the suffering in this world and I'm, I might, I kind of wonder like is a little is a little enough is a little sufficient is a little sufficient to address the problems and suffering of this world and I feel um Encouraged by this, to like not hold back from just just one step. Not not to and you know not to miss this moment, the opportunities of this moment, the agency of a of a step, even a small step. Suzuki Roshi also said a. A little fire is still fire.
and also really emphasize moment to moment um, practice. And that there's some, I feel like there's some real, um, something kind of deep and wonderful about this, like moment to moment. And that there's no, there's no finish line in this. Cause like, you know, it's the practice of awakening. So the practice of awakening doesn't have a goal. And so this moment matters. And the next moment matters. Every moment matters. Because we're not getting something. We're not arriving some, at some fixed destination. And I feel this, like you're perfect just as you are, and you could use a little improvement um, living in the kind of responsibility and accountability of the bodhisattva vow to free all beings. And that the, the living of our, the living of true nature is endlessly improvable. And that this is, and that none of this is actually a, a personal thing. None of this is an individual thing. It's all, it's, it's all, it's all happening in relationship. Nothing happening, you know, by itself. This is emptiness. It's a heart sutra. And so to meet, to meet each other, you know, with this truth of like immediate and, you know, basically infinite value as, you know, as complete, as integrities. And to meet, you know, through a truth of a, undefinable potential that I also, that, you know, in, in each person I meet, can I take care of both of those? And that this is part of how we fully acknowledge our own and each other's, you know, humanity. That, you know, love is like holding space for both both like what we are and what we can become. May our intention Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.